Welcome to the City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. So amazing things, and I'm just, I'm just so grateful for that. Are you ready for the word this morning? Amen, amen. Let me just read for you quickly. You don't need to turn there. Uh, This is coming out of John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. Uh, We're starting up a new series called Next, uh, Life Beyond the Grave. We'll be spending some time here right up to the retreat. And so I want to start off with this story, the story of Thomas. It says, now Thomas, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. The word of the Lord. Let's pray this morning. God, we're so grateful for how good you are. Father, I thank you for these uh, seven new members, God, that have come into the family of God this morning. Father, it's the sign of a growing church. It's a sign of a church that's on the move, a church, God, that is embracing people. And Lord, I pray that those numbers would now multiply, oh God, as we continue to walk forward into what you have for this house. Lord, I pray that you would bless every person that is here this morning. God, that the word would bring life and transformation to each and every Every one of us. This we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. I don't know if you're like me, but I don't like speed bumps. Anybody, anybody with me on that? I don't like speed bumps. Uh, speed bumps are not good. Not because I don't agree with their existence. I totally get why they're a thing. Not because I wish they weren't made. I get why they're made. It's to slow people like myself down. I understand. The problem that I have with with speed bumps is that many times I will neglect the fact that there is a speed bump approaching. There are two speed bumps here in Central Falls right next to the jail that I am constantly forgetting are there. And I will go straight for those speed bumps with all the fury that I have on my foot. I will just go at it. And, uh, and it's a problem. There's also a railroad that cuts through Central Falls right next to the, uh, right next to the old Sylvania light bulb factory, where if you do not slow down, you will be airborne for a few seconds if you go over that railroad with all your speed. Does anybody know where that railroad is? You've all done it. Uh, th- there's just that feeling when you just go for the speed pump or you go for that railroad, we can go for a trip right after service. It's right there, like two minutes away. If you go at it, there's just that feeling afterwards. This is the feeling that I hate about roller coasters. It's the feeling that I hate about just like anything that has to do with this is when your body is still like, no, your stomach is up here, but your body is already made it to the ground. It's just like this disconnect that happens. And that's why I hate speed bumps. It's just next to Eli and Savannah's house. There's two speed bumps leading up to their house. I consistently forget that those speed bumps are there. I am just going at it. I don't know where I'm looking. I don't know where my attention is. I am constantly having my wife say, Shane, there's a speed bump. And it's just always happening. Is anybody with me on that? Is anybody very good at driving? You watch for the speed bumps. You're carefully going over them. Daniela, okay, Anderson, I got you. But for the rest of us, the rest of us that are a little bit more on the reckless love of God, and uh, we're, just, we're, we're just going at it. 
And so when you go over the railroad in Central Falls, you know, your car's a little bit airborne for a little bit, it feels like, and your stomach stays up here, and your body is still down here. Man, that's a feeling that's not comfortable, right? It's, it's kind of like the letdown after a high, where, where it's like, yeah, this is fun to soar, but then reality check, you just kind of end up back where you were. Have you ever kind of felt like that with God? Where, where after, let me just be honest with you, I think after some of the biggest moves of God in my life, there's been kind of the, the reality check of, of, of life that kind of happens right afterwards. It's the, it's the high of my moments with God encountered by the low of either my feelings or life circumstances or, or maybe some, some just kind of attack of the enemy on my, on my life or on my, on my psyche. Sometimes life feels like a series of speed bumps where we're going to go up, but then right after the... Have you ever kind of felt like... Lord, it's not even like my mountaintop is slowly transitioning into a valley. It's more like my mountaintop has turned into a cliff. And, uh, and so I'm constantly checked by the reality of the fact that life happens. Have you ever been there? You, you, you kind of feel like a high is encountered by a low right afterwards. Man, like life comes at you fast. Man, when things are good... I'm always kind of like, yeah, this, things are too good. Have you ever felt like that? Like, man, I, things are too happy right now. Like, what, what's going on? This, is, this feels too good to be true. Have you ever felt the, the attack after like a spiritual high like a retreat where we come off of Sunday night and, and man, we've been singing in Jesus' name and God is fighting for us for an hour and a half and we've fanned each other till, till we've all sparked flame and, and we've, 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 all, we've, we've been in the room and we've sprayed oil on everybody and we've had the, the moment with God and then, and then you're checked by the reality of your job on, on Monday and Tuesday and all of a sudden you start feeling like, man, these people really don't matter and, and this job's really terrible <laughs> and, and, these, and these people are really not that great. And, and, and it's the high encountered by the low. This happens to me after city night. This happens to me after Sunday mornings. This happens to me after Friday nights. Man, I, I think we need to start having less service. So I have more, so I have less speed bumps in life, man. We're just constantly checking. It happened to me after Easter. It's just a serious, it's like, Lord, why can't I just stay up here? But life happens. Can you turn to your neighbor and just give them that word of encouragement? Life happens. Have you, ever, have you ever been in a situation where life didn't just happen, but it seemed like when it rained, when it started raining, it actually started pouring, where it was like, not only are you stuck in crazy traffic that day, which is already a nuisance, but, but you, you get the flat tire that day, and, and then it starts downpouring on you while the flat tire, and then... And then you get a call from, from, from your boss saying, why are you late? And then, and, then you're, and, then you're, and then you get a, I don't know, some text message from Sally Mae saying that you owe them money. And then, and then your landlord calls and says the hot water uh, is out. And then, and then these things just happen. And man, it's like, can I catch a break? Have you ever felt like that? Am I, am I the only one in the room that has kind of ever been like, Lord, can we just time out? Let's just pause the story so I can get my bearings, maybe get a nice meal, get a good cup of coffee. Have you ever just felt like, Lord, let's just pause. I'll, I'll get back to you, but let's just stop right here. It's a series of up and if, if you can relate to any of what I'm saying right now, this sermon's for you. Because there is life beyond the grave. 
you know, I was thinking about this because Easter is so triumphant, right? Like, man, I was thinking to like last Easter, not last Sunday, last Easter, when we had like a massive like tree right here, a tree. And you're like, tree, tree, like a tree. And we had Jesus sitting in the tree on a throne and we rolled the, the tree around and there's Kevin looking like the fourth person of the Trinity in all of his glory. And this moment where he stands up and, and it's just like, God, can we not just stay right here? Like I was thinking last Sunday, the choir is singing, what a beautiful name. The choir is going in on break every chain. The smoke is just filling the room. It's like with every puff, it's like anointing, anointing. And it's just like the lights are going crazy like we're in the Dunkin' Donuts Center. Like it's just, it's just feeling like, man, the house is packed. People are sitting three to a chair. Like it, it's just crazy. I had no idea where anybody parked. I looked back at the security tape footage of last Sunday, and that back row that has like seven seats, had like 15 people on that row. And I I was just thinking back during this week, God, why can't we just stay right there, Lord? Why can't we just stay with the worship team singing, what a beautiful, why can't they just accompany me uh, all week long? And and why can't Tyler just stay on the keyboard while I'm going through my bad days to make me feel a little bit more peace? But here's the thing, you got to move beyond that. You got to move beyond the high and you got to realize that there is still more land for you to take beyond on the grave. You can't stay on the high because in order for us to go to the next mountain, we have to go through the next valley. That's a word for somebody. Man, I know the hype of the mountain. I know the appeal of the mountain. I know the feeling of the mountain. I know how good it feels to to be blessed and favored. And I know the power of sermons that are like, man, you are blessed and you will be successful and you're going to be awesome and you're called and and we get prophetic words. And it's like, I receive it, Lord. I love those moments. And I love when our worship team, who's second to no other, starts going in on this choir stand and, and Pam is over there break it. I hear the chains falling. I'm over there saying, I hear them too. Like, I love that moment, man. But but did you know that the choir goes home? And did you know that the band puts their instruments down? And did you know that everybody gets in their cars and drives home? Did you know that the lights get turned off and the smoke dissipates? But I dare to say that that is when the real journey of life begins. We don't live for the high. We live for the journey. And there is life beyond the grave. Can you say amen? This is a word. Man, I love highs. Man, I love highs. Highs with God for me are like, whoa, high. But did you realize sometimes the higher you go, the lower sometimes things feel afterwards. If you weren't going higher with God, you wouldn't feel the dramatic shift of your lows. If you weren't growing, you wouldn't feel the pain of transition after highs. Those that are, and I'm just going to go deep because I only got 20 minutes. Those that are spiritually dead don't feel the shifting of seasons. Because there's no growth for them to experience anything, anything else. 
those that are actually increasing in intimacy with the Father, those that are seeking him, those that are growing in him are going to feel the ebb and the flow and the rhythms of this walk with God. Man, rhythm includes beats, but then there's offbeat, right? I'm not a musician, but I know that between a beat, there's a thing in, the, in, the, in between. Shane Lima loves the beat. But in order for you to go from beat to beat, there's in between. And maybe this morning you're sitting in the in between. That is the place of you regaining strength for the next beat. And I want you this morning to know that there is life beyond the slump you're feeling today. I want you to know that there is a story after the resurrection of Christ. That I want you to know that we can't stop at Easter morning. I want you to know that we can't stop on Sunday night at May retreat. When, when Pastor Manny is going to be going in and, and, and we're all going to be getting healed. It, like, it, we have to move beyond that. But I dare say if we maintain hope, not in moments, but in the Lord of the moment, then we will be fine. Let's not maintain hope in moments. Let's maintain our hope in the Lord of the moment. Let us keep steady and steadfast and unmovable. Man, I, I, I know that reality happens. I know that life happens. But there is a journey beyond the grave. There is life beyond the grave. There is purpose in your pain this morning. And there is a story beyond your disappointment. Man, disappointment hurts. Disappointment hurts. For some of you in the room, that looks like the disappointment of maybe rejection. Or it looks like the disappointment of a failed relationship. Or maybe it looks like the disappointment of, of just results that you thought would happen and did not happen. For those of you, that looks like your grave. But there is life beyond your grave. For some of you, this may have already been a year of pain. We're only four months in to this year. And yet for so many, this has already been maybe one of the most painful years of your life. To you, I say this morning, there is life beyond that grave. For maybe some of you, there's, the, there's this ongoing issue that you don't know when it's going to resolve. Maybe that looks like a, a, a financial breakthrough that you're waiting for. Or, or maybe that looks like an answer to a question or a, a prayer request that you've been lifting to God for many seasons of your life. Today, I want to give you the hope that there is life beyond that grave. And, and I think about a story like Thomas, right? Thomas is a man who walked with Jesus. He was a man who, he was there when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He was there when the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of Jesus' garment and got healed. He was there when the lame would walk. He was there when the blind could see. He was there uh, when the deaf could hear. He was there when the ten lepers uh, were healed of their disease and sent, sent home to be clean. They, he was there when, 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 when the, the crowd of 5,000 were fed bread and fish. Thomas was there. He, he saw it all. He was there for the, all the miracles. He was there for all the teachings. He was there for all the highs. He was there for all the moments, right? He was there. It's like you. You're at the retreats, right? You're at the Sunday morning services. You were there. You saw it. And then what happens is that Jesus is betrayed by one of his own disciples. He's betrayed into the hands of the Romans. He's eventually crucified and buried. And here is where I want to pause the story for a moment because sometimes we come down hard on Thomas. They call him Doubting Thomas. They call him Doubting Thomas, but, but here's a man who had followed hope for three years. And now his hope is sitting, laying in a grave. Can you imagine the feeling of disappointment that these 11 men now, because Judas had an issue, the, the 11 men were facing? 
I mean, they had, play, they had abandoned their careers for this man. They had left their families for Jesus. I mean, Peter and Andrew dropped their nets in front of daddy, said bye-bye, and followed Jesus. This is like putting all of your eggs in one basket, betting all of your money on one stake. And they, they went all in. And now Thomas is standing in front of a sealed grave enclosing the body of Christ. And we're over here saying, oh, Thomas, you're so silly. That's us. We are the ones who have seen God move, right? We've been on the high moments. We've, we've seen power. We've seen healing. We've seen deliverance. We've seen God move. We've seen God do his thing. We've, we've been there. We've watched it. We've watched the demonstration of God's power. But then sometimes it looks like our hope is sitting in a grave. To you, I want to speak this morning. There's a story beyond that grave. So simultaneously, right, 10 of the disciples are in the same place, same room. They're all hanging out. They're all kind of processing what just happened. And then Thomas is not in the room. Thomas is not in the room. Jesus on Sunday rises from the dead. Spoiler alert, that's what happened. And, and, and he rises from the grave and then he appears to 10 of his disciples. Remember, Judas is no longer with us. Thomas is not in the room. There's 10 more left. So Jesus shows up to, Tom, to, to the 10 disciples, and they have now seen the risen Lord, okay? Jesus disappears from the room. The 10 disciples go to Thomas and said, Thomas, you should have been there. Don't you hate when people say that? Man, that party that you missed out, you've been at all of them, right? You've been to all of the parties. The one you didn't go to was the littest. You've been to every service all church year long. You miss one Sunday. That's when Lazarus himself rises from the dead. Have you noticed how that is? And then you start feeling like, man, am I the one that's been holding back revival? <laughs> Ever felt like that? <laughs> the one day you're not feeling well is the day where the church is the most packed, the church is the most revived, the church is the most lit. There was no sermon. We went in with worship all day long. Like, we went first service to second service. Like, seamlessly, they canceled Sunday school because everybody was at the altar. Like, that Sunday happens when you're not here. That's Thomas. Did you know that there's so much power in you just being in the room? Thomas missed out on revelation because he wasn't in the room. He missed out on the move of God because he wasn't in the room. Can you tell your neighbor this, be in the room? And I'm not talking symbolic room. I'm not talking spiritual room. I'm not talking your prayer closet. I'm talking about you being in the room on Sundays. And I know there's other rooms and blah, blah, blah. But I'm talking about this room. There is power that manifests itself in your life when you're in the room. And I know there's televangelists and there's e-church and there's virtual church and there's email church and Twitter church and Group chat church, I get it. 21st century church. But there's nothing like good old-fashioned getting your behind out of bed and getting to the house of God to be in the room. Oh, but now there's chat rooms. No, in the room. Physically. Something happens in the spiritual when you enter into an environment like this. It's an environment of faith. 
It's an environment of expectation. This environment is not the same as the environment of your house. And, well, and you're like, Shane, my house is a sanctuary. Yeah, but not like this one. Because we all can't be in your bedroom. There's power when we come together. I don't want to miss a moment that God's going to show up. I don't want to miss a moment. I don't want to not be in the room when God shows up. And here we are, 10 dudes telling Thomas, Jesus showed up. What does Thomas say? I, won't, I don't believe it. Can we be honest this morning? How many of y'all in the room, would that be you? Thank you for being honest. I love you. Put your hands down. How many of y'all would be like, really? Put your hands down. How many of y'all would raise your hands and say, like, I believe, let's go out and tell the world? All right. The rest of y'all, I don't know what category you fall into. However, I would have been a part of group A that says, yeah, you crazy. And here we are. Oh, Thomas, you're so silly. But we neglect the fact that he saw Jesus live. He saw Jesus die. He saw Jesus buried. Of course he wanted to see Jesus back alive. Here's the word for a person who has seen God move. You've seen God do miracles. You've seen God set people free. But here you are standing in front of a grave wondering if Jesus is still alive. This word is for you. This word is for the person who has seen the move of God, but today feels distant from God. And so Thomas is honest. What I appreciate, instead of calling Thomas, doubting Thomas from now on, Shane Lima, me, this is not scholarly, theological, I didn't pass this by any board, anywhere. I'm going to call him Truthful Thomas. You know what I appreciate about Truthful Thomas? He didn't lie. You know what I appreciate about it? Because I think God can handle our doubts. I think God can handle your questions. And I'm sure there was one disciple in the group that was like, Thomas, I'm shocked. You already know there was that guy. There's also the other disciple that says, Thomas, if you had been there, Those people are just as toxic. There's the other people that are just saying, no, he'll show up again. He'll come back. And Thomas is being truthful. And so a week goes by. Look, I grew up on animated Bible series, like the videotapes, VHS, like all the stories. Anybody with me on that? Okay. So I had the whole Bible, like creation with like Adam and Eve with like properly placed fig leaves and tigers right in front of them, like that whole thing all the way to the second coming of Christ, all on VHS. I remember the one of doubting Truthful Thomas. And this is the way that story went. They're all in the room. The disciples are like, Jesus showed up. Thomas is like, no, he didn't. I won't believe. All of a sudden, right behind Thomas, Jesus shows up. Like glowing white. It's like, ah. And then the pads come in, and Jesus is saying, Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. And that VHS tape was incorrect because a week passed by. A week passed by before Jesus showed up. 
It didn't happen like, oh, he, he just showed up. No, he didn't. Ah, uh, there he is. No, that's not it. That's, that's the way I wish life were. God, where are you? Didi, there he is. God, could you resolve this? Baba, there it is. God, could you heal this person? Da da, they're alive. Like, I just wish. I wish life were like that. I wish I could show up on one Sunday and all my questions go away. One altar call, no more struggle. I wish I could go through one three song worship set and be eternally in the presence of the Father. Morning, afternoon, evening, night, and through the night. I wish. But did you know sometimes there is the week-long span of time between your doubt and your answer? Thomas is left wrestling for a week, wondering if Jesus is alive. If I were Jesus, I would have made it two weeks, three weeks. I would have kept him guessing. Because I'm just petty and messed up. Jesus gives him a week, and then there they are in the room, and Jesus shows up. Tyler, can you show up with Jesus right now in the keys? <laughs> Jesus shows up. Ta-da! And the question that Thomas had had is answered when Jesus says to him, Thomas, don't doubt. Just believe. He said, you have believed because you've seen but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. But Thomas did not just have the words of Christ. Thomas was able to touch Jesus because I think what we feel is just as powerful as what we hear. Jesus gave Thomas an opportunity to touch him Because once you're touched by Jesus, or once you touch Jesus, your life will never be the same. Stop doubting and believe. I want you to start believing this morning that death is not final. I want you to believe, number two, that Jesus is alive even if you don't see him. And number three, and this is where I really want to strike a chord and end this, is that the the testimony of the ten disciples proved to be true when Jesus showed up. I want you to begin believing the testimony of others concerning what Christ has done in their life. This morning, there's a lot of people with doubts in the room. I get it. I have my fair share of doubts. I don't stand up here and claim to have mastered every question. I don't live this like, victorious mindset life, 24-7, 365, 366 on leap years life. I, 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 I have my doubts too. I find myself being doubting Shane sometimes. It's to me that Jesus shows up sometimes after a week, sometimes after two weeks, sometimes after three weeks. And he says, Shane, stop doubting, just believe. This morning, I want to remind you there is life beyond the grave. There's a story that he's calling you to live out. Part of that story will include disappointments, but let there be hope in this house this morning. Your story is not over. Woman of God, your story is not over. Man of God, your story is not over. 
Don't let the doubts ring louder in your mind than the truth of what I'm telling you right now. There is life beyond the grave. If this word was for you, could you stand with me? I want to pray for you.